Welcome to Happily Ever After is just the beginning. Keeping your relationship not just together, but happy, and we mean truly happy, is part art and part science. You've come to the right place. Here's your host, Leslie Dorries. I think the thing that saddens me the most about my work as a marriage coach is the number of people who are settling for so much less than they deserve in their marriages. Sometimes supposedly unacceptable behavior has been going on for years. Now, I'm not talking about abuse, addiction, or serial affairs, though that happens too. What I'm really talking about is the lack of affection, sex, real conversation, respect, and quite frankly, just basic kindness. And it isn't just for a few weeks or months but often from the very, very beginning. And when I go a little deeper, I usually find that while some effort has been made to address the challenges, they often lack clarity, consistency, and consequences. The reason? Fear. The result? Either rage or desperation, neither of which are particularly attractive. So what's the answer? Well, Stuart Mottola, relationship coach and the author of Fixing You is Killing Me, A Conscious Roadmap to Knowing when to, when to Save and When to Leave Your Relationship, is here to talk about that. So, Stuart, thanks so much for coming back on the show to talk about these ever-present relationship challenges. Yes, thanks, Leslie. Thanks for having me. So... You wrote a piece a bit ago for the Good Men Project titled, She Wants a Truthful Man. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm hearing all the men out there laughing about that going, yeah, right. <laughs> but in this article, you talk about accepting the status quo. So why does this seem to happen so often, that people just kind of accept things as they are? Well, I think, um, first off, people get into a, a new normal and, a, mm-hmm. and there's a certainty to that normal and whether it's a functionality like, Hey, we're a good team. We get stuff done. We raise the kids. Things work. Okay. The house isn't on fire. Um, <laughs> we're both really tired from everything else that we do. Mm-hmm. And uh, it just kind of works, you know, as long as the house is not on fire too often, we're doing okay. Um, and then they are not, having those things that you mentioned, lack of affection, sex, real conversation, respect, and basic kindness. Um, I think often we talk about relationship in this country explicitly as if it's an isolated thing in a Petri dish. But when we look, you know, while most of my conversations are about the relational conditions, about how to have hard conversations, Um, I've blogged in the past about the unlived life of the couple, which is the couple that no longer dreams together, the Mm. couple that really doesn't talk much about the future except for the next vacation. Mm -hmm. And often that vacation is to the relatives, the in-laws, or we've been to Aruba 10 times, sure, it's fine, we'll go back there, whatever it is. (laughs) Um, So that lack of spark in the relationship, and while we – assume that that's part of the landscape post-honeymoon, which we would say after the first six to 12 months together. Um, Really enough, there's also a a laziness Mm -hmm. as long as the house is not on fire, you know. It's like 
affection, sex, real conversation, respect, basic kind of... Yeah, it's all good, but as long as the house is not on fire. Yeah, I talk, I talk about it uh, in a lot of cases that the, just because, you know, that the, the squeaky wheel gets the grease, and, and there is, if there's nothing squeaking in the marriage, then it's kind of stuck out on the back burner. And, you know, what, what, and as long as it doesn't boil over, everything's fine. And especially in this country where we have a huge um, focus on elevating the children above above oh, the marriage yeah. itself oh, yeah. and also and also sometimes just you know elevating work above the relationship itself. yes and i didn't really get to it before but when i was talking about societal economic conditions in this country um you know without a safety net without mm-hmm. knowing you're going to have health insurance if you lose your job Without mm-hmm. knowing that you don't have to make, I don't know, anywhere from sixty to $250,000 per kid to send them to college, it's mm-hmm. a lot of stress on a couple. Like, uh, I've spent a lot of time in Spain. I've talked to you about that before. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot more emphasis on going out, uh, drinking with other couples, enjoying the night out, taking a stroll down the uh, village or city via plaza. Uh, mm-hmm. So we, 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 you know, I say this too, uh, America was built on transactional consciousness. It wasn't built okay. on what I call re- relational consciousness. And now I don't want to get That's into a whole true. history lesson, but right. can you understand that just on, the, on, on Ab- just that headline level? Ab- ab- absolutely. But people and came here for economics true. to make money, not... Mm-hmm. To have strong families or relationships. <laughs> Granted, we like to put that in the front headline as if that's one of the greatest values of our country, but it's, it's BS. It's well, complete yeah, BS. It's more like yeah. we'd rather talk about it than actually have policies that support that. It, it, so exactly. anyway, back to the relationship, I mean, mm-hmm. you know, did you want to chime in on what I was speaking to? Because I, I just wanted to bring it full circle back to relationships. Well, yeah, because, I mean, because it's truly what it is. I mean, you know, we, we, I think as a society we give lip service to a lot of things. But, but, and I also think that in giving lip service to stuff, we don't really break down that it doesn't have to be this way, that there are choices. And right now being in this wonderful time frame that we're in, you know, it, it gives people a lot of opportunity to go, because right now we're kind of off the hamster wheel, being forced off the hamster wheel. And yeah. like, what do we, what do we want to bring back into our into our lives? You know, yeah. um, I mean, yes, this, this is not a great this is not a great situation for a lot of people for a lot of different reasons, economically being one of them. But it also, but it also can hopefully not just within our own four walls, but within our society go, okay, maybe we want to rethink this because we keep saying these things are important to us, but then we're, there, there's actually nothing to support that or not enough to support that. It's like even, even you know, people think that, 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 this is, that this is what marriage looks like or that this is what a, a, a committed relationship looks like. It has to go into the doldrums. We have to become roommates. We have to do all these, we have to fight. I mean, all these things that, you know, we're supposed to be doing, which nobody ever bothers to go, do we really? Is there another way? 
Yeah. And, and I think just to bring it full circle back to a couple so that I don't have to worry about a history lesson or being a sociologist, mm-hmm. I just mentioned that briefly just so people know that they don't need to personalize everything relative to the fact that there's a whole economic system that um, is rubbing up against having a strong relationship as well, mm-hmm. which means which means even more focus and more attention and more value, you know, it's, it's as if the microscope needs to zoom in precisely because of these economic societal conditions. Um, it, in my opinion, requires that we really look at what do we value at the end of the day? And, mm-hmm. you know, the classic nobody died on, uh, in their later years wishing they spent more time in the office. Well, Exactly. You may know the the 75-year-old Harvard study that tracked, I don't know how many men it was, but it was like 40 or so. And, you know, during a time where, you know, they weren't tracking women as much as men at the time. But I think they tracked them for 60, 70 years. And Mm -hmm. uh, all these guys at the end, it was like consensus. And it's more powerful in a way that comes from guys who often Mm -hmm. um, can be more tactical, transactional than relational in America, uh-huh. um, all of them said the most important thing in their lives were their relationships. Exactly. Their primary, their primary relationship. So and I don't know if they explicitly asked, well, did you honor that? Did you pay attention <laughs> to that? Did you put time and energy there during your life? Um, uh-huh. I believe they may have asked that. And uh, I can't imagine anything else than actually I didn't. And I wish I knew that earlier. And so that's mm-hmm. the one thing that I could say to people right now to penetrate through to them that whether you're married or you've been in a long-term relationship, um, yeah, I don't know what kind of wake-up call or if you even need one to know how important it is that you invest some time and energy. And, and I want to be clear, Leslie, I recommend to, to guys explicitly, I work primarily with men's, men as a men's relationship coach, explicitly because of what you mentioned. Um, There's not a lot of tools out there for guys and the way that I work compared to therapy is I get guys results and payoffs really quick. doesn't Uh mean the whole ship is fixed within a few weeks, but within three to four weeks, they're seeing payoffs of this work. And we have a clear roadmap of implementation and progress and that further motivates them. They get a taste of what they want. And then right. they, they're motivated because most uh, most guys drop out of therapy because it's not oh, clear. Oh, I know. Yeah, most it's guys do not like therapy. <laughs> they don't get a payoff. And, and yep. guys are wired. And I make this the uh, analogy of a guy at work. He knows what he's working hard for. He knows that there's a concrete time frame in which he can expect to get results. Oh, he's got this review coming up in four months. He's going to see uh-huh. if he's going to get the promotion. He's going to see, you know, there's more as added prestige to go with that. There's um, the knowledge of stepping into uh, what he wants to do. So if I can get a guy payoffs in his relationship in a really quick way, that are substantial, that are not just superficial, and that might just be baby steps. Like, hey, here's a few small wins, but this is what you have to look forward to if you keep this up. Then he's much more motivated. His mojo's up. He's going to keep kicking butt and going after what he wants in his relationship. So I draw this full circle back to a guy – being motivated to put time and energy into his relationship instead of just like, eh, relationship, blah, that's too complicated, right. pain in the ass. 
And I bring but, this full circle back to one of the biggest things I have dudes do is a, a weekly 30-minute check-in with their partner. It's just a simple reflexive listening. He talks five uh-huh. minutes. She talks, you know, she repeats five minutes, five and five switch. But nobody's interrupting anyone. And uh-huh. they are now suddenly connecting and going exactly to where the, most couples don't, which is what uh-huh. I call the invisible life, which is the, the, the result of the couples that don't connect at this level is they, they have an invisible life as a couple. And, uh-huh. you know, just checking in for 20, 30 minutes. might be Wednesday at 6 p.m. before dinner. Right. After the kids are asleep at 8, 8.30. Oh, I'm exhausted, but I know this is so important. So that I don't feel like I'm living with a a, a ghost. Right. I am or, connected or to this right. person, and you can do that in twenty to thirty minutes a week. And you know what? Oh, it yes, energizes you your weekend. <laughs> it energizes your weekend, and this is not fluffy new age BS. This is hard work. It takes grit so to sit in the in the space with your partner who's saying, "Yeah, I just feel like, um, you know, we don't have much time." I feel like we're not available to one another. And he's just like, he's just repeating what he's saying. And he's holding mm-hmm. his own reaction in that moment. If his apartment's like, what are you talking about? We spent time together. This is bullshit. Right. None of that. This is not what this space is about. It's just, dude, that's her feelings. You don't have to take that on. Mm-hmm. That's your power so as that, a guy. So is that what take you it on. In, Right, in this article about you, because, because you titled this article, She Wants a Truthful Man, and in order, and, and there has to be time, there has to, you know, he has to be able to, or there has to be time for both of them to be truthful with each other. Um, but, you're right, but, there does so, need to be a dedicated space where they know that they can speak the truth of what's going on for them in their relationship and in their lives, and there's not going to be any collateral damage. It's just going to be somebody reflecting back, oh, yeah, I heard you say this. I heard you say that. I heard you say this. And I'm going to tell you, um, you know, I put out that blog with that title, and uh-huh. uh, a few dudes have had, had challenges with that. And uh, <laughs> I probably would have changed the, the title in hindsight because I do serve men, and I need to connect with, with what resonates for them. And a title that would have been more resonant with a guy is um, – you know, something as simple as um, speaking your truth with her will make you happier or something like that, you know. Right. And, and again, I mean, because one of the things that I get from, you know, a lot of the men that I work with is, is that similar thing about, yeah, right, she doesn't, she, she just wants, it's the whole just say yes, dear. She doesn't really want to she hear. Wants me to do, she just wants me to do shit for her. Right. <laughs> Right. I mean, it's, it's, no, you know, I had a client the other day. He's like, I do 10 things. She asked me to do 10 things. I do nine. And I just get beat up for not doing the 10th. Right. For not doing the 10th. Right. Which, 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 so yeah, awesome. yeah, which, yeah. So, so they're going, yeah, now I'm supposed to be truthful about this and we're going to, I need to take a little break right here, but we're going to get back to that because this is happily ever sure. after is just the beginning on webtalkradio.net. I'm Leslie Dorries. And I'm speaking with relationship coach and author Stuart Mottola about how to stop accepting the unacceptable status quo in your relationship. And this is all too common, but it results in the black and white thinking that is either continue in an unsatisfied, unsatisfying relationship or leave it. But there's actually a third option. Make it better. 
And if you want some help with that, I invite you to contact me today and schedule a free, no obligation, create your happily ever after discovery session. You can reach me at area code 919-924-0463. Again, that's 919-924-0463. Or you can send me an email at leslie, L-E-S-L-I, at foundationscoachingnc.com. That's F-O-U-N-D-A-T-I-O-N-S coaching, and is in Nancy, C is in charlie.com. And I want to get back to talking about um, not settling for less than a relationship, how to be honest about your thoughts and feelings with each other. And in the article, you, you did a Tony Robbins quote, um, passion in a relationship is commensurate with the amount of uncertainty you can tolerate. And I love that. And I went, ooh. So what makes dealing with uncertainty so terrifying that it actually kills relationships? Well, I, I, I'll reference back to what I said initially. You know, um, the norm, the normal is very comfortable. Um, mm-hmm. I, know, I know what to expect. I, mm-hmm. I know the, the dynamic that we have. And, uh, yeah, the house is not on fire, so it works. It's okay. It's good <laughs> enough. You know, we don't get those things that you mentioned again, infection, sex, conversation the, the the killer is the basic kindness if people are not mm-hmm. getting the basic kindness um they're living in a marital death zone it's you know it might be a slow death and and that's that's you know yeah, I, call fighting, it the death of, I, I call it lost. the death by a thousand cuts yeah and that's where um but yeah, you know, there's a sense I've even heard Clinton, male clients said rather the certainty of our apathy and hatred than the uncertainty of the unknown of what could possibly be. The uncertainty of knowing that if, if we pull the lid off, uh, we're probably done because we've been building it up for so long. Um, and, so, and, and, so, you know, but but you, you talked quickly about the the difference of the two options, staying or mm-hmm. leaving. And, I mean, our work is about, as, as relationship coaches and, and your marriage coach, um, I believe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah. um, our work is about exploring that gray zone. Like, hey, you know, you can pull the lid off and not detonate the bomb. You know, you can mm-hmm. start to look at things. We can We can start to have invisible truths spoken in a way that um, you're respecting what's actually alive. And I love this Richard Rohr quote. He was a Franciscan friar, and he said, um, the truth will set you free, but first it tends to make you miserable. <laughs> and it's that, it's, it's, it's that fear of the misery that um, sure. that that that's – the uncertainty. I know, I know the misery I have, but damn, mm-hmm. if I'm going to open myself to the misery that I don't know about, I know I can deal with what it, what this is. And uh, having a hard conversation in a respectful way, and typically when a relationship or marriage is super challenged, yeah, there needs to be a third party there. Um, yeah. And that's really scary, but getting through that getting through that level of uncertainty, um, 
in a good way, building resilience to uncertainty as a couple and knowing you can get through it, that's, in my perception, the greatest um, team-building, strength asset, uh, spark of sex, spark of affection, spark of respect and basic kindness is getting through hard stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's that so, uncertainty that's so terrifying. Mm-hmm. And so you talk that about... People would rather shy away from. A, a little bit about the confirmation bias. So is that what you mean? Is it's like, it's like exactly. I know that this idea that I know it's not going to make a difference, and so it doesn't make a difference. Because, or, you know, or I know this is going to go badly, so then it does. Is that kind of what you meant by that in the, in the article? Yeah, so I think I'm going to open up, have a hard conversation, but I'm like holding all the energy of this is going to be screwed, she's going to react a certain way. And not to say that that mindset alone causes that reality to then transpire after the fact. Uh But that mindset does not allow um, a space or even an imagination for fluid communication. And yes, for sure, an individual has to learn some skills. Like first, how not to lose your shit when (laughs) hard stuff is said. That's a really big skill. So a lot of times uh, I've seen other coaches work, okay, one to ten. One's your totally calm and collective ten, you're losing it. If you're above a five, you don't say a word. You actually, I, 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 I actually talk about two um, two-word phrases that are just lifesavers for couples. One is time out. So right uh-huh. there, I'm above a five. Pause. Time out. Uh-huh. I'm losing uh-huh. it, honey. I got to go step outside, get back to a one or a two, calm uh-huh. myself down, and then I can continue this conversation. I have no idea what the hell's happened to me. I am so hot and jacked up. And right. I know I'm just going to release a shit storm on you. <laughs> So I better and I don't want to do that, so let minutes. me go, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, so there it is, two words, time out. <laughs> you know, and the other two words are check-in, and that's a process that I spoke to before about five minutes listening, five minutes reflecting. You know, mm-hmm. that, that check-in as a way of, okay, we're not going to just, um, you know, report to one another. Oh, I did this today. I did this today. We're going to actually drop a layer deeper. This Uh is what's going on. This is how I'm feeling. This is where I'm feeling vulnerable. This is Uh where I feel like I'm kicking butt or whatever's alive for the person. And that's the check-in. So again, two two quick Uh tools, two phrases, timeout, check-in. You know, they don't go together all the time, but sometimes the timeout's like, hey, we're fighting here. Let's uh-huh. get back to actually communicating. So let's go to check in. And I actually just did this with my partner recently. Uh-huh. Um, well, I mean, and it's not, yeah, it's I mean, not a full it's, bulletproof, but it definitely settles the nervous system and allows more fluid communication to happen. Well, and that's and I and and that's what I think is the key. And I think that that I when I read that piece, that's what I meant. Oh, that's what I took away from. Speaking your truth, and and by the way, speak and and I want to talk about speaking your truth is not capital T absolute truth. It's it's how you feel. It's what it, it's what you're experiencing, and hopefully your partner wants to know that male or female, it doesn't really matter that you know who's who's doing yeah. it. And, but but it has to be done in. I mean, so you're not invisible you know, to I, one another. 
Exactly. You know, and and you know, and then we have to be careful. And I and I always tell people, I said, you know, if you're looking, if you if you're wanting somebody to open up to you, and I do this when I'm I'm talking to parents too about their kids, I said, if you want somebody to be open and honest with you, you cannot react poorly when they tell you the truth. So, so if if your partner comes to you and says, you know, hey, honey, I'm having a really hard time with this thing over here that's happening with us. Maybe it's our sex life. Maybe it's, um, you know, how much time we are or are not spending with each other, or maybe it's the influence of your family member. What, whatever, whatever the heck it might be, you know, to be able to to sit there and listen and not not necessarily have to own it that this is just how my partner's feeling about it. Um, and yes, I do want to know that because it explains why, you know, these other behaviors might be happening. But it's, it, you know, it's something that, you know, communication is always the thing that I start with because if you can't talk about something, there's no way to resolve it, you know. Yep. And, and so it's, it's like you're talking about that, that, that check-in example of, you know, yeah, 20 minutes a week. Half an hour a week, yeah. which when, when you Might think save about our marriage. this. Well, yeah. it, it, but the exactly. key thing, Leslie, is when people don't have a muscle, it's the same thing as going to the gym. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. First week, the first two weeks suck. And, and how often do people just blow off the gym? Mm-hmm. So when people are doing a check-in, which is basically a, con- a safe, respectful container for the speaking of truth, so a couple does not live invisible lives to each other, built up by functionality, apathy, and low-level hatred, mm. okay? When they build up that muscle to speak truth to each other once a week in a s- container, and they stick with it religiously, after time, they will notice the quality of their relationship diminishes significantly when they stop doing it. Mm-hmm. And then they will, they will actually be like, whoa, we got to get back on track. Exactly. We're going sideways. And, and dudes yeah. love this because they don't have to. There's time containers, too, because guys get lost in women's words. Yeah. Women are often, often much bigger with words, much better mm-hmm. with words, and mm-hmm. after five minutes, this is male or female, we check out. I haven't had a chance to insert myself, and sometimes after five minutes or ten minutes in a check-in, i got to stop midway and repeat to my partner, hey, you said a lot. I know it's only been three minutes. And we literally, I literally recommend clients to set a timer on their phone. Mm-hmm. It, it creates a container. Now I know she's not going to be talking for a half hour, and I'm expected to listen. Or vice versa, if the dude's the more talkative guy, you know, but it's, it's right. less common. So it, I love yeah. the way, guys love the way that this makes it concrete. It's, it's action-oriented, and um, they feel better afterwards, and they feel more connected. Right. Well, and, you, yeah, because, I mean, again, because, you know, my, my mother-in-law, I love, I tell people I hit the in-law jackpot. I could not have asked for, be, for better in-laws. And my mother was the, my mother-in-law was the sweetest woman you could possibly imagine. But oh my gosh, her 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 conversations were circular, and it would be like you know I mean it was a horrible thing. But you know one of my husband's high school friends was dying of cancer, and we had you know we she was giving us the checkup, and finally like ten minutes later I just looked at her I said, 
did he die? Because it was like mm. the conversation was just like all over the place, and I got and I got lost. And you know, and this happens when people, you know, and 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 women can do this. And be, I'm a woman. I I I have you know, my husband also would say he could never win an argument because he was married to a woman and a therapist. I, <laughs> I took that to heart. I did. I took that to heart and went, "Ooh, okay. I need to behave myself." Um, you know, yeah. and, and we have to look at we have to look at the goal. What is the goal that we want? If it's to be connected with our partners. Are we willing to make adjustments so that they feel welcome in this? So it's like if I'm the woman and I want my husband to talk with me, am I, am I making it possible? Like the example you gave of the guy who did nine out of the ten things and, the, you know, and then he got beaten up for not doing the tenth one. It's like, whoa, hang on, wait a minute. <laughs> you know? Right. I was going to you say know, real quick, though, a lot of times guys don't realize that they want to be connected. They just want to have sex and get off even in marriages. Mm-hmm. But what they don't realize well, is that sex is actually getting them connected. Right. And, and, and I think that that's one of the things that, that needs to be highlighted is because it really is it's a safe way for men to connect. And, you know, and again, there's both biologi- you know, there's biological and, and psychological reasons for why sex does that. Um, but but part of it is is helping them to move past it, and that's why that's past why you what? and I have jobs. Pa- just just say, past say it again. It, it's just sex. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's but nothing I don't wrong know with that, that we need them to move past it, like past sex. No, no. I think just we past need them the idea to that it's only sex. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, no. Yeah, for them to have a bigger understanding about, you know, what um, stress release is one thing, connection is Mm -hmm. another, and while um, the stress release might be a significant factor of what you're seeking in that moment, um, chances are, if you could go have that stress release with somebody else, um, and often men are in that position where they feel like they can, and that's what leads to affairs, etc. Mm-hmm. that's when they get the idea that, like, oh, yeah, I guess I could go do that with someone else, but yet I'm married, and, yeah, so maybe I should look at uh, how this is about more than just stress release. Yeah, this, right. yeah and, I want to be connected cases, to her. Yeah, they wanted to, they want to be connected to their wife, and so that's, and that's really important. Right. So, I mean, you but, and I but at the same time, it can, feel like, it can feel like there's a ton of work in getting connected where sex is easy. Mm-hmm. And I know we're kind of wrapping up here. I did want to say one other thing real quick Absolutely. if I have time. Sure. Um, I want to be clear that check-in on its own is not a solution because if enough um, negativity has built up between a couple, I call that the broken bones. You can't just come with the Band-Aid of a check-in to fix the broken bones. A lot of times with guys, I need to do a lot of what I call a foundational work on those mm-hmm. broken bones. And Uh I see that that's why I believe couples therapy often fails because they try to do this Band-Aid, we're going to get you to communicate better, but they're not willing to call out the troublemakers in the relationship, the ones who are in abusive patterns, attacking, unwilling Uh to see that the man's trying to show up, unwilling to see that the woman's making the effort to keep the home together or work her butt off. 
So uh-huh. that's where another thing that I offer that's different than couples therapy, and sometimes I'll talk to both partners together, um, uh-huh. is that often they're using these tools to try to get two people who are in a, a level of, of, of hatred or just low-level apathy or hatred uh, to uh-huh. try to use these tools when some of the, 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 you know, the broken bones need to be mended first. And, and I experienced Absolutely. that personally in my former marriage. Like, uh-huh. great, we felt great. We did the check-in for 24 hours. Then the spell disappeared 24 hours later. And uh-huh. there was also not an accountability for the couple's counselor to tell us, don't, don't come back to my office unless you do this once before the next time I see you. Interesting. And that kind yeah, of tough love yeah. that you need to yeah. integrate this as a par- pattern of your relationship. It's not going to be enough for me to just leave this here. Absolutely, absolutely. So, Stuart, can you so I just wanted to make which, that point. Absolutely. It's an important point to make because, because again, we, there, there is a lot of repair work that has to be done. And, again, the longer that people wait, the more likely they have a bunch of broken bones. Um, you know, and, again, if you totally. have a broken bone, you're not going to wait six years to go to the doctor, which is what the, I think the average six exactly. or seven years of getting help. It's crazy. So, Stuart, well, can you the tell people where they can... the doctor is so miserable, you won't go to the doctor. <laughs> that's, well, that's and true. Of course, that's where... been the association for therapy for most men. Yes, and, and I get that. Um, and where can, where can people learn more about, about you? What's your website? Um, again? Sure, sure. Yeah, and just to reiterate, um, I'm a men's relationship coach, and I'm help, I help guys get unstuck in their relationship as well as get love, sex, and a kick-ass relationship. And typically guys are seeing me where they're in that space of damned if I do and damned if I don't, and they don't know how mm-hmm. to – they don't really know where to turn, and they're reluctant to therapy – but I offer a yep. more action-oriented, results-oriented approach, and they can reach me at stuartmatola.com. That's S-T-U-A-R-T-M-O-T-O-L-A.com. And um, I have a weekly blog, and I run a free men's Zoom call every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Mountain Time. And I also do a Facebook Live every Friday at 9 a.m. Mountain Time. And that's uh, stuartmatolacoaching.com. Or excuse me, stuartmatola.com. And you can access the Facebook page there as well. But thanks Terrific. for having me, Leslie. It was a pleasure talking, yep. a lot of fun, and uh, I know we could do this for much oh, longer. Yes, we could. So I just wanted to remind my listeners that nothing is guaranteed in life, and that's true for your relationships as well. The things worth having are worth taking risks for and making time for. And being honest about who you are and what you need is essential if you're to have a relationship that works. And yes, it's scary but the alternative is actually worse. So hopefully you found this helpful, and I hope you'll keep listening. And until next week, stay loving.